The world is quieter now, but I mean, I guess that's what happens when the population has dropped as much as it has. They used to say that if the history of the Earth was a 24-hour day, then humans have only been around since 11.59 p.m. Well, it's 12.01, and nothing good happens after midnight. Late last century, a superbug ran rabid through our already decimated population, and for reasons that are still unknown but hotly debated, men and women stopped being able to reproduce the, um, the old-fashioned way. I want to show you humanity's last hope, but hang on, because you're probably not going to like it, or maybe you will, and you and I are going to get along really well. Once the government recognized we had a problem, they pretty quickly jumped on it. Guess they learned their lesson with the whole climate change thing. So they rounded people up, put them in quote-unquote copulation groups that had the highest odds of success. Yeah, the government turned out to be a pretty shitty wingman. Their next idea was to accept sperm and egg donations. And when people stopped donating, they stopped asking. They just took them. The seizing of people's genetic property wasn't just controversial, it was wrong. But the great repopulation crisis was seen as everyone's problem. And this at least bought our buddies in their bunkers some time. You see, they would raise the test tube kids and experiment on them endlessly, looking for some kind of mutation. (laughs) I mean, miracle. They split up the materials into groups, generations. They had time until they didn't until their supply of genes and cells and hope dwindled to one last batch of people. Just five of us. The last babies, now the last 22-year-olds. And from my point of view, we're going to be the last of a lot more things. The last 25-year-olds, the last 30-year-olds, the last 50-year-olds, if we even want to be here that long. I mean, what do you do when you know you're going to be the last people on the earth? You make the best of it. So let's meet them, huh? The fabulous final five. I don't know exactly where everyone is tonight, but I have a pretty solid guess. Like, uh, Char is probably in some exclusive gym downtown. Two. One. Oh, fuck. Thanks for spotting me, man. He grunts between breaths, his sweeping movements the only thing keeping you from mistaking him for a classical Greek statue. Tall, muscles as hard as marble, usually striking a pose. All right, I'm uh, gonna hit the shower. And the smirk on his lips tells you what he's gonna say before he even says it. You should come. If people still had mothers, Persephone would not be the kind of girl you'd bring home to them. Like, tonight we'd find her pushing some considerably older dude down on her bed, although, in her defense, almost every guy's an older guy. And she'd be whispering something in his ear like, Ugh, I want to rip your clothes off with my teeth. Forget your mom, you'd probably want to keep away from your dad, too. Iris. I mean, she's proof that not everyone's having fun tonight. Or at least my definition of fun. Or anyone's definition of fun. She packs concert halls every other night, making movies, TV shows, art. That's all basically banned by the same people who jump at the chance to watch her play some dated music. 
She is graceful and beautiful in this old Hollywood kind of way, if you're into that. I mean, with her blonde hair and pale skin, she looks just like Grace Kelly. But I've never known what's more pathetic, how much these people like her or how much she needs them to. Thank you. Thank you. Bored? Yeah, gets pretty old after a while. Eros, um, Eros loves some peace and quiet, clearly. Everyone in here sweats like cold bottles in the sun, their condensation making their clothes hang from them like wilted labels. The sea of people fighting to get to the bar parts and settles like a pond, ripples out from where Eros stands. The bartender only has eyes for him. Hey, I'm gonna need more of it if you gave me last week. Eros also loves pills, which the bartender and everyone else knows. The bartender hands over a small baggie of capsules, and Eros just smiles. I know you can't appreciate this because of this chosen medium, but he has this killer, lazy grin. The kind that is at once familiar and unique, personal and unintentionally distant, lovable, but unattainable. Besides his age, it's his only remarkable feature, but he sharpened it like a skill and plays it like Iris with her piano. That smile gets him pretty much whatever he wants, and also out of trouble. Whew, that's better. I, uh, I like places like this. Quiet rooftops of seemingly abandoned, definitely condemned buildings. Wherever I spend my days, I try and end up here. Somewhere where the only light is from the soft LED glow coming from my ID bracelet or the shit-brown rising sun. Where there are no eyes or lenses or drones trying to find me, even if the only reason they don't follow me is because they know where I'm going. My constant protection is more for the public than for me. So yeah, the illusion of independence is better than nothing. I never get to be alone. It's considered too dangerous. You are being graced with the vocal presence of a very expensive piece of government property. You were given all the fame and privilege and money and faith in the world because everyone knew it was ending. You know, lying here, high above the rapidly recessing centuries of man-made progress, I can almost feel the earth spin. Rhea. I didn't say I was alone now, did I? Um, Eros also loves me. Or he says he does. He probably doesn't mean it. He definitely doesn't remember it. He doesn't mean it. I think we both just really love a good time. Rhea. I open my eyes and he's a few inches in front of my face. Dark brows knitted together in concern or concentration like he was trying to will me to wake up, which, I guess, worked. For a second I thought you were dead. I had my eyes closed for like two minutes, I tell him. You were out for ten. I was just thinking. What about? I look at him, and I don't know if he really wants to know, but whatever. Eros, does it ever bother you that nobody's ever going to know what happened to us? What is happening to us? I get that everyone's lives have always been pretty pointless in the grand scheme of things, but the idea that there's no one to ever hear our story is just... 
But he isn't listening anymore. He's kissing my neck and beginning to unzip my dark leather jacket, and I'm letting him because you can't blame someone for being exactly what you want them to be. I sit up, slowly pushing him down on his back. I mean, on paper, someone else owns my body. I, I know that, but when I'm with him, like this, that's when it really feels like it belongs to me. Someone's coming. We spring to our feet and duck behind a chimney, huddled close together. All we hear is our own breathing and the sound of footsteps stumbling in the dark on the tar roof. We hold our breath and are completely silent for one, two... <laughs> well, Eros was never very good at keeping a low profile. There you are. Enter Hera. She's my chaperone, in addition to being from the generation above me, which makes her 32. And uh, last but not least, together, we make up the world's last set of sisters, which is something I can pretty safely bet you're going to hear a lot more about. Basically, Hera was such a prime subject that they decided to go the extra mile to use the exact same biological sources, read parents, to make me. And it worked, but only on a genetic level. People love her, but me... Not so much. I mean, if we were the Brontes, she's Charlotte, and I'm like, Anne. She's pumping out Jane Eyre, and I'm not even Emily. I'm the one you probably need to look up. Rhea, let's go. Not that I'm not infamous in my own way, but she, with her dark features, light eyes, and graceful limbs, attitude, everything, is beautiful. Like, when I say something created in a lab, this is the exact kind of genetically modified organism you should picture. She does seem uncharacteristically uncertain, though. She takes a deep breath. She might sound mad, but really she is terrified of heights. As soon as she gets two heeled feet firmly in the asphalt, she strides full speed towards me and Eros. Now, she says, grabbing my arm. Hi, Hera. Eros dreamily mumbles. Sorry, I was doing something in my head. Sacred Sister, are you not happy to see me? As your chaperone, I'm freaking thrilled. She sounds it. Hera... I'm going to need my arm back if you want me to climb down that ladder. Hi, Hera. Eros repeats. Do I even want to know what he's on? Hera says, weary. He's fine, are you, I ask? What do you mean? Awfully high up. I'm fine, she says. We're all fine. Thank you, Eros. I'm heading down, I say. Can you please just be careful? I really don't want to have to find a new job. She tries to keep her voice from rising. You're not really qualified to do anything else, so... But I don't finish whatever I'm about to say, because spray-painted onto the wall behind the ladder are two figures on sticks, like, um, crucifixes. This has got to be from The Void. They're like a not-so-secret society that spends its time trying to convince people that the government is hiding something big from us, and I can't say I disagree. Can you please keep going? Hera pleads a few feet above me. Scared? Eros pops his head over the ledge. Do you want something to calm down? We finish climbing in relative silence, except for Eros, who's whistling. I drop the last ten feet to the ground. Hera hesitates before letting go. Can he stop with the whistling? We need something to cover up your heavy breathing. She falls beside me, brushes herself off, and is nearly struck by a falling Eros. I laugh. What was that? She says. It was nothing. Put the panic button down. She's clutching a small black remote that only has one button on it, which would summon a squad to our location within minutes. I'm going to... We're nearly to the car. Do not push it. We don't need it. We're only all going to get in trouble. She knows this would be just as bad for her as it would be for us. You guys in the back. We know. 
She scans her ID and the electric car's doors pop open. She programs in an alt route. There's a few surveillance drones still humming around even she doesn't want to hit. Then we're flying through a gloomy downtown. Not literally flying, come on people. We're the only car on the street. There aren't a lot of these authorized for civilian use. Eros and I are not allowed to sit in the front anymore, but if you think about it, stealing a self-driving car is more impressive than anything, so... How much faster can this thing go? We need to be back at the bricks before anyone ever worries herself in the front seat, and I feel the weight of Eros's head on my shoulder. All the buildings are dark around this time. The power gets shut off around 10pm to try and expand the life of this dying planet, but really to encourage the curfew. Nobody's on the street at this time. There's no shortage of housing here. Organic food, yes. Work, yes. Joy, yes. Are you smoking in here? I'm not going to smoke out there and get accused of starting a fire again. You did start a fire. I was trying to throw the butt out in a garbage can like you say I... I'm just going to get out here. Good night. Good morning, Hera Alba growls. We're at the bricks now. They are these old, beautiful, you guessed it, brick houses that take up a city block. There's five of them, one for each of us. Everything around them was leveled and replaced with these ugly, squat, very economic, concrete things. They make the bricks look warm, homey even. Eros is too down for me, with only Iris in between. Morning, gentlemen. My security detail. They know the drill. Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Give your guards a real cigarette, and they'll let you do whatever you want. They were much, much more protective when they thought something inside of me could save them. But silver linings. Get them where you can. I know our houses are all technically identical, but mine is the best. The ceilings are covered in classic movie posters. Hitchcock, Millet, Godard, Wells. And there's a whole wall that's just floor-to-ceiling books. Real, heavy, book-smelly books. Speaking of which... Come on, not now, Hiro grumbles. I just want to see what they're trying to say. They've been on such a Beckett kick lately, and he has this bit about thieves and Godot. Hey, grab me a pen. No. But she does anyway. Trying to crack the Void's messages is my favorite hobby. They love pop culture nearly as much as I do. <sighs> I settle onto the ground with my book, and I hear the comforting sound of the hissing the water sterilizer makes as it boils and the sound of Hera rattling drawers as she opens and closes them. I look down at my page, and the line jumps out at me. Our savior. Two thieves. One is supposed to have been saved, and the other... Damned. And then my mind wanders back past the void, to the place where I know me and my... my friends... were no saviors. They can pump us up or cut us up, but it won't make any difference... We are damned. As you can imagine, I don't get asked to speak publicly much. Iris always accuses me of being hopeless, that my pessimism does nothing to help the cause, but little does she know, I have begun to commit one small act of hope. And that's you. Whatever you are, I hope that you listen, and you know that we were here even after everyone else had gone. Mandatory supervised gym time is not the worst thing they subject us to here, but it is challenging, particularly if you're hungover and have a breathing tube down your throat. But, you know, practice makes perfect. A doctor watches me struggle and takes some notes on a clipboard. Just guess my stats. I won't tell him we quit if you won't. 
Somebody had a rough night. Persephone is less chipper, more just enjoying watching me suffer. Just not as comfortable having something down my throat, I guess. The shock of my comeback causes her to stumble and nearly fall off her treadmill. I'd apologize if she didn't look more than happy to be caught by her new chaperone. Char propels down from an indoor rock climbing wall, takes a small paper cup from a doctor. Oh ho ho, what's on today's menu? He asks this pretty much every day, and every day the answer sounds like the periodic table threw up vitamins in a cup. What did you guys get into last night? He says, tossing the pills back. Oh, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. You? Same. Where is Eris? I haven't seen him this morning. He's probably still asleep. All units report to the yoke. All units. The yoke is an aptly named sealed white room with a big yellow table at the center. This place is bulletproof, bombproof, soundproof, so no one can hear your screams of boredom. We're usually here to discuss official business, mostly community-based projects. Luckily for us, there isn't much of a community left. You're welcome, Hera says, placing a water in front of me. Thank you, I say, ever grateful that Hera does not hold a grudge. Looks like you took immediately pretty seriously. Purse, what is the point of getting glammed up for the same people who just saw me in the gym? Not like I'm trying to, um, oh, I don't know, uh, fuck my new chaperone. Unless, of course, you already have. I don't need to draw any more attention to the hickey on her neck. You can't just throw around accusations like that. Dion is totally professional. You make me seem one-dimensional as fuck. I'd accuse Char of the same thing if Artemis was his type. That's fair, he says, smiling. Wait, where's Iris? She's usually... Has anyone seen Eros? This is Apollo. He's Eros's chaperone and a total golden boy, or a golden man? Um, whatever he is, he's a former version of it because he's been a total wreck since Hera ended their 12-year relationship last spring. I know what you're thinking. 12 years is a crazy long time, but she was actually really happy for most of it until he totally fucked it up. I dropped him home around five. He was pretty messed up. Hera says lowly. Yeah, that's right. Hera has to work with her ex-boyfriend every single day. Well, at least it was nothing out of the ordinary then, Persephone says. Do you want to talk about your Tuesday night activities? I respond. Do you guys always have to be high or suggest you're trying to fuck each other? She's clearly been saving that one. That's enough. Apollo, did you see him at all this morning? Hera never has time for Persephone's shit. It's amazing. No, not since last night. Apollo stammers. Here's Shylock Green. Green serves as his last name because his generation was actually large enough to need them. He's our main handler. Three out of five? Even for you guys, that sucks. He's also very grumpy. Where's Eros? He overslept, Apollo stammers. He'll be here soon. Sure, Rhea, what's the real story? I don't know. From the looks of this, you've seen him pretty recently. And I know what's coming as soon as he pulls out a tablet and projects it onto the white wall. He scrolls past puff pieces like mass suicide in Tibet, new Department of Fertility report, and gulf explosions, void claims responsibility. You know, fun stuff. But he slows down when he gets to the real news. Pictures of me and Eros pouring shots at the bar. He taps. There's another one of us on top of said bar. Taps one of us hooking up in a corner booth. This does fill in a few blanks, I say. Shylock is unamused. None of you want to talk. Purse? I subtly point to my own neck. Message received. I don't fucking know. 
Charming as ever. Listen, as cute and suspicious as your sudden solidarity is, this isn't just another meeting where we talk about bullshit. Wait, are we not going to be discussing waste management in the outer burrows? Shoot, got me all hyped up for nothing. Char groans. This is usually about the time when Iris tells Shylock what's going on. Speaking of, where is she? I don't think Eros is the only one missing Shylock. Looks like everyone needs a chaperone, huh? Purse and I don't have a whole lot in common, but, you know, nothing unites people like a common enemy. After Iris's chap was relocated, she was allowed to go without one for a few weeks. It was actually going pretty smoothly, until now, probably because no one could ever police her as hard as she polices herself. I think she had a show last night, Char suggests. I'm more concerned with where she is right now, seeing as we have a call with the president in it. God damn it. The screen behind him glows to life, and we get treated to the endlessly pristine President Rosalind Black. She's so stiff and still, she looks like a portrait, a holdover from another time. Good to see you, Rosalind. Dr. Green. She corrects. Yes, Mrs. President. Don't know if their Shakespeare-themed names tipped you off, but they're from the same batch. Every generation's names are themed. You've got these guys with their Shakespeare, just after them came a biblical-themed batch... There were president-themed ones. Hera and Apollo's gen got Greek mythological names. There weren't enough of us to warrant them getting creative, so they just found a few minor deities. Lame, right? Trust me, I rallied to be renamed after the characters on Friends, but no. Hello all, or not quite. Black surveys our half-empty table, disappointed. I'm here, I'm here, I'm- oh. President Black? Eros looks like shit, and that's coming from a person who still has vodka in her hair. At least, I think it's vodka. Where's Iris? Does Black actually sound concerned? She must not have gotten home until late last night. But Apollo's going to fetch her right now. Oh, so smooth, Shylock. Apollo sprints from the room, frowning slightly. Rosalind continues. Well, I'd really rather save this conversation until she gets here, but I imagine after last night's performance, she must be exhausted. I didn't see any of you in the audience. We were actually conducting some urgent research. Oh, please share. I can feel Hera imploring me to stop, but it seems like everyone can use a distraction, right? Right. Oh, you know, investigations into remedying the great repopulation crisis. No luck on my front, Char. Yeah, I can confirm one way that definitely still isn't working. Even Purse laughs. President Black doesn't. Hera is mortified. Sorry, Madam President. Rhea imagines herself to be quite the comedian. In that case, guess you really did get all the good genes, Hera. See? Total third Bronte situation here. She's just bitter her term's gonna end if she didn't save the fucking human race. I do so hate to take up any of your time, so I'll begin without Iris. As you know, the 23rd anniversary of the... Miracle you all are. The one we've invested two decades, billions of dollars, and the collective hopes of the species in is upon us this week. Now, I wanted to let you all know this before the general population, but there is something the Reproductive Investigative Bureau is ready to declassify. I am here essentially only as a courtesy to tell you before the general public is told. A sixth unit was carried to term. There are a million questions I want to ask. I start at the top. What the fuck? Purse picks her mouth up off the floor in time to say, What happened to it? It's a him, and he was raised in what remains of the United Kingdom. As per usual, Rosalind couldn't sound more rehearsed. 
raised like like formally like he died or the aim was to see if different environmental emotional physical and social influences i'm so pissed i ignore that she's still looking right at me would have any impact on the state of his reproductive capabilities but seeing as it did not he is being brought here to be integrated into the rest of our program why didn't you tell us earlier shylock i'm looking at him now it was strictly need to know he's apologizing more with his eyes than his words when did you find out Yesterday. We're supposed to trust you. It was crucial to the success of the program that the public not know. We could have kept it private. I wasn't willing to take that chance. Look, as a first-generation unit, I understand what you might be going through. Oh, you understand. Rhea. Her jumps in, but I'm not having any of it. There were hundreds of you, Black. At least a dozen of you, Hera. But everyone we have is in this room except for fucking Iris. This is total bullshit, Shar adds. When is he getting here, Per says. Well, you'll meet him. The doors slide open and it's Apollo, but he looks distraught. His face is Hera's on her feet. Apollo, what's something is wrong. Something she's is upset. He's Where's Iris? Persephone spits. She's she's I found her. She's at the bricks. She was in her room, but she wasn't breathing. What happened? This is Apollo falls over fucking she wasn't sobbing. Breathing. She wasn't. Her guards tried to. My sister takes him in her arms and I don't know what's happening. I took her away and she's dead. She's laughing so fast. I don't know. I don't know. I've locked eyes with Hera. We don't need to say anything to one another. And on the screen, Black doesn't know what to say either. Purse starts wailing. Dion holds her. Char's head is in his hands. Shylock runs out and Eros does not move a muscle. And I am wondering if you are still listening.